Welcome to the Liam Kiz Audio Experience, brought to you by Equip. And this is Biz with Kiz. Hello and welcome back to Biz with Kiz, the YouTube podcast series where we look at people's life stories to help create our own. Today, I've got an amazing guest on the show, somebody who I've followed for a long time, uh, mainly on, on LinkedIn. Uh, watching how he, how he works, how he operates with his team. It's Harry Hugo. Harry, you okay? I'm good, mate. I'm good, mate. I've just, I've just you know, before we hit record, uh, you saw me panic as I moved uh, my stack of toilet roll, which is holding up. Uh, in fact, I'm going to do my best. And now it may fall over, so, I, oh, now it's going to fall over. It's a disaster. I'm literally propping up a stack of toilet roll behind my camera. Uh, by using the laptop in order to host the microphone in order to you know enable the best quality audio that we can possibly get for this fantastic podcast uh what i have yeah. <laughs> what i have got here is uh excess toilet roll unless i need to prop it up even further but i don't need to do that, so that's okay um but no i'm feeling good uh you know i've very much got used to this now i've, I've kind of settled into the the situation i've accepted that this is what it is and um you know i think if you uh if you pr- properly read between the lines of the of what the government are saying, um, they're saying that nothing's really going to change until the vaccine's out. So, you know, we're, we're in this until next summer. So, uh, in in some form, and uh, once you actually get your head around that, and you and you you understand that that's really the world we're living in for the next year or so, then you you quite happily come to terms with it. The people mm-hmm. that are going to find this very difficult are the people that continue to set their expectations on months. As in, like, oh yeah, we'll be, you know, we'll be out of this in six weeks, eight weeks. This is not going to happen. So, um, those are the people that are going to be disappointed. Those are the people that are going to struggle all the way through it, kind of bounce uh, from one announcement to another. Um, whereas, you know, I've kind of got into the mindset now of, you know, I've accepted it. I've accepted this is this is my this is my next twelve months. Um, and to be honest, I'm not I'm not hugely disappointed by it. Like, I, I've I've quite enjoyed aspects of working from home. I never thought I'd do, and I've never worked from home in my life. So, um, yeah, it's been interesting. But it does, it does provide opportunity that this time to to explore new things, new 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 ways of working. Obviously, you you uh, specialise in in social media, and that's also the thing keeping the whole of our community and society to, together at the moment. Why don't you give it a bit of an insight into to what you do and where you're from? Sure. So we. We're a social media agency. We're 120 people strong. Um, we launched five years ago. We work with the biggest brands in the world, connecting um, you know impactful social media campaigns to uh, to the brands, and also uh, connecting influencers, uh, people who have large social followings, be it on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, whatever it might be, uh, to those brands in order to um, promote products or services. So. That's our business. Uh, we have grown you know, a lot over the last five years, which has been great. We've kind of nicely ridden the wave of the social media and influencer bubble. Mm. Um, and uh, I suppose what's really exciting for, for, for myself and for the business that we run is that actually COVID-19, despite all its obviously tragic uh, consequences that we've seen around the world, for, from a business point of view, um, it has forced the hand of a lot of major businesses in order to digitalize very, very quickly, mm. um, which in a world pre-COVID, um, they were still very reluctant to do so. Um, you know, we think of the world as it, as it was six months ago as quite a digital world. And I just don't think that was actually true if we look at what the, the world is right now today. We're, we're doing a podcast over 
over Zoom. Um, I'm, you know, hosting it with a, a stacked toilet roll because I want to use, you know, the best <laughs> microphone possible. Um, you know, but there's so many little things that actually we look back on our last 12 months of, of things that we decided to do. Um, and actually we could have just done them in a completely different way like we are right now. So, you know, for instance, Aaron and I flew to um, Texas for a, a one hour pitch and it cost us tw- it cost us 10 grand to get there and back. And it was an hour. Yeah. Um, now we won that deal, which obviously justifies the flight. But at the same time, uh, you know, there's no reason why that couldn't be done like this mm. and save us a lot of money and more importantly, a lot of time. So I think a lot of things will be reevaluated quite considerably in this new digital world. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, um, it's quite, it's going to, it's going to cause a lot of disruption into old school business as well. Mm. But the name, the name of the company is called Ghost. What, what was the thinking behind the, the yeah. name? Is there, is there anything to it? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's a couple of stories. Um, so we used to work at a business, so Nick Aaron and I used to work at a big uh, business called Sport Lobster, uh, which is obviously another animal uh, theme business. Um, mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with the, the, the business that it was. It was a sports social network, so having the word lobster in it was completely irrelevant. <laughs> um, and and we, we quite liked the irrelevant fact uh, to your business. So every, when we came into the social media business and we understood that you know every agency under the sun that was working in social media had social in their name, yeah. Uh, we're like, okay, well, we're not going to do that because then we just become part of the crowd. So we want something completely different. It's also why we chose the color orange because no one else had the, the color orange. We believe now that we're the third most famous orange company in the UK. It goes <laughs> EasyJet, Sainsbury's, <laughs> and then us. Um, so like th- that, that was the thinking. So, I mean, the, the thinking from the start has always been about brand, how we can, how we can be memorable, how we can be uh, different to people. And GOAT was... You know, at Sport Lobster, we uh, we started to venture into the American sports, and you know, excuse us for for being a load of eighteen to twenty one year old white uh, British guys and venturing into American sport for the first time. And we we understood that the term "goat" was being used out in the US, and this is back in two thousand eleven, uh, and it hadn't really come across to Europe at that point, where people would now call like Messi, Ronaldo, mm. whatever. Um, but GOAT means greatest of all time. And people referring in American sport like Michael Jordan, um, Tom Brady, people like that as the greatest of all time. And so GOAT became this phrase in our office for anything that was good. So yeah. if you did something good, that was GOAT, mate. That was that was good. Ah, that's cool. Uh, and, then, and then as soon as you, know, you throw fucking four, 40 guys into a catchphrase, you instantly get different variations. So then it became woat. So if you did something bad, it became woat. And if you did something good, it became goat. Woat was worst of all time. Goat was greatest of all time. Mm. And then once we actually started to sit down to think about company, they were the only words we could think of. And we thought we can't call ourselves woat because it means worst of all time. So we're going to have to call ourselves goat. <laughs> but we didn't tell anybody um, that we were called goat as an acronym for greatest of all time for the first two and a half years. Um, we're very much a we'll walk before we talk sort of company. Um, you know, we didn't do any marketing before we did the blog. No, never done any marketing for the first four years of the business. We just, we wanted to win clients, do great work and have uh, a platform for when we did do marketing, actually people would share it and vouch for us. They wouldn't just go, uh, oh yeah, those are the guys at the vlog. 
um, they're for our clients and people who know us would be those are the guys who do the vlog, but they also do some really good work and that's how I know them beforehand. Mm. So that was really, really important for us. Um, and so, yeah, now we tell people with grateful time because we believe it. Well, you've grown at scale, haven't you? So the, the, the proof's in the pudding, uh, you, you're doing some amazing work and you work with some un unbelievable clients for people who are listening, who, who don't really know what the word influencer means in a, in a social media world what give them a bit of context to, to the work that you do um sure so th let's take uh someone who's grown to a million followers on instagram um we connect with them with brands and come up with creative concepts creative campaigns um in order to make the most of it for brands so just think of it like a um just think influencer like a, a new media channel tv is a media channel where you buy TV adverts, um, Facebook ads, media channel, radio, media channel, cinema, media channel, you know, all these different things where you can, um, effectively buy uh, a short burst of attention from the audience on that, that channel and influencers, influencers are just the same. They have a huge amount of attention from their audience and we have the ability to buy into that audience in order to get a certain product or service seen. And we do that at scale. So we're not just a talent management agency. We, in fact, we don't uh, represent any talent at all. We have no exclusive contracts with anyone. That's not our model. Our model is completely neutral. We will pick and build a campaign to the bespoke nature of the brand that we're trying to promote in the campaign that we're trying to promote. Now that might mean we have a hundred influencers, might mean we have two, but we will make a decision based on the campaign we're trying to create. Whereas a talent management agency would only ever put forward the uh, talent that they want to make money from because they are on their books. That's not our model. Well, yeah. So yeah, we're the talent first approach instead of the brand first, and it's the brand exactly. Yeah, we care about the brand. We we're very open with the with the talent with the fact that we represent the brand. We don't represent the talent. Mm. Uh, now, obviously, we don't want anyone to get screwed on the deal, but at the same time, we want the best value possible for the brand. That's the key thing. They're the people who pay the money, and people will a lot a lot of the time people forget that they are the ones who have the money. Mm. Yeah, so they, they, the influencers get their work because the brands are paying them. So realistically, it should be the, the brand first. Yeah, totally get that. Well, you, you're based in London primarily, but you've got offices uh, globally as well, haven't you? Sure. So yeah, we've got an office in New York and we've got an office in Singapore, um, which has been even more interesting during this, this pandemic because it becomes a level playing field, really. Mm. Um, you know, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. As long as you're awake, then you're in the same office. And uh, that's been a really interesting dynamic uh, that's helped grow our business really in the last couple of months because mm. we've had the ability to, to level the playing field of our smaller offices externally and in international um, places uh, from our London office. But actually everyone's been able to work far more collaboratively because everyone's on the same boat. Uh, so that's been quite nice. Um, but yeah, the U S has been a very interesting market for us. It's a huge market as everyone knows. Um, but also a very mature market in the social influencer space. It's probably about two years ahead. Um, and Singapore is literally the opposite. It's about two years behind. So, oh, well. um, we're in, we're in like this six year spectrum, uh, of, <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> of like this time continuum of in, in influencer marketing. Um, and uh, we in the UK or in Europe sit right in the middle. So yeah, it's interesting. It's really interesting. So cool. So you, you, 20, I'm right in saying you're 25 years of age. I'm 25. Yeah. So you're 25, 25 and I'm fit and I'm feeling it. I'm feeling my age. 
tell me about it. <laughs> I'm 25 as well. Uh, but yeah, so you're 25 and you have yeah. achieved a hell of a lot of a success at, at a young age, creating a, a global company. Uh, we're talking multi-million pound deals. Let's strip it right back now and, and try and find out how, how this all happened and how things fell into place. So Harry Hugo, when, when you are uh, on your own or you're trying to just relax, what do you, what do you get up to outside the way? That's a good question. Um, I, was, I, was, I was nine years sober uh, from gaming and then lockdown <laughs> happened. And, uh, and now I am back. I'm, a, I'm as addicted as I've ever been to, to Call of Duty. Um, you know, I'm sort of one more game, one more game at like 2 a.m. Um, so like, that's a problem. So, but I am finding that very relaxing sort of post, post about 10, post about 11 p.m., no one bothers me um, because the U.S. office, basically U.S. office hours shut at 11 a.m. Right. And then at 2 a.m., any later than that, um, Singapore opens up. So I've got a three-hour window where literally no one talks to me, which is fantastic. <laughs> uh, so between 11 and 2, that's my game. They're my gaming hours. Yeah. So that's fun. Um, I love driving. Nice. Um, which is like a really boring answer, but an answer I give on every podcast. But like, I really love driving. Um, I'm not sure what it's what it is about it. I love the kind of solitary nature of it. I love the fact that you're you're in control. Um, I love the fact that you're in control, but at the same time you've got no control. Like this machine is completely taken over your life, and mm. you're in the hands of your of this like mechanical thing which god knows how it works but everyone seems to drive it um so i like i like driving um it's kind of aimlessly mm. so i really like long drives uh, and i'm a golfer so the uh, announcement both sunday and monday uh here in the uk from boris johnson was incredibly well received by me because uh, you can get back on the out on the golf course tomorrow so that is very very exciting for for me that, yeah, that that's good. My, my sports football, so I I think I'll probably have to wait. I'm, a bit yeah, I'm a I'm a massive football fan. I'm a Liverpool fan, which uh, I imagine you're a Liverpool fan. You could be an Everton fan. Oh, you're an Everton fan. Don't you're an Everton fan? Oh, yeah, season ticket holder. <laughs> oh really? Oh dear. Oh dear. Well, it's not been a good year for you, which is good. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm a Liverpool fan. So I, I'm I, I'm a I'm a I'm a Football fan, but I don't play it as much. So I did. I play a bit of five side, but yeah, golf. Golf was my way of transitioning into something where I didn't get hurt. Where, where you spoke about um, driving and 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 how that was almost like a a, a hobby for you. You know, I, I I love driving as well, mainly because it took me so long to to pass my test. I didn't pass. It. <laughs> so, you're, so you're just kind of cramming it all in. That's it. Yeah, it's like oh, I can actually do it though. It took me. I I, mean, I failed four tests and I passed on the fifth. And the theory, even worse, failed five because I didn't turn up to two of them. I forgot, and then passed on the on the sixth one. So dear, oh dear. Well, I'm not going to rub it in. Uh, I am, uh, but I, 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 first time theory and first time uh, tests. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, when it comes to the wheel, I've got it all. Yeah. Nice. Well, do you, do you, is there a reason behind you? You love the driving. Do you, is it a place where I, I honestly, don't, I honestly don't know. Like. I, I think you hear a lot of people on podcasts when they get asked this question, um, talk about meditation and talk about 
um, you know, giving themselves five, 10 minutes in the morning before they start work or after work and just like kind of clearing their head. And I agree with that. That's, I can't do that. I find that very difficult to just sit in a room and not do anything. Um, mm. find that very, very difficult. Uh, and so in order for me to meditate, which I suppose the, the things that I enjoy are, I need um, assistance in some way in order to, for people to take the things that distract me the most mm. away from me. Um, and driving distracts, you know, there's no distraction. It's just like, just everything goes past you. Like this blistering speed. You can't, there's, you're, you're so focused on everything and every minor detail in order to make split second decisions on what you should be doing. But at the same time, you can't see anything. There's like, yeah. everything's a blur. And I love that. So that's kind of a, a form of meditation, I suppose. Mm. And then golf, um, you don't allowed your phone. Uh, and if you, at any point, zone out of what you need to be thinking about, you're screwed. The game is so hard that any minor mindset change, like any doubt, any, um, am I going to do this? Oh, is that the right, that you're done. Your shot's done. So mm. you need to be so laser focused on, in the moment and in the, and having a positive mindset, you know, that this is going to hit the middle of the green. I am going to, you know, connect with this well. Yeah, I am going to clear the bunker. All these small things that mean nothing in the real world. But when you're standing over that ball and you're 150 yards out and there's a fucking pond in the middle and you're like, well, my head says this ball's going straight in that pond, but you can get yourself into a position where you just think, no, it's going to go straight over. You're kind of like, it's that visualization thing. Mm. this is going to happen i am going to put it on the middle of the green. i'm going to put it on that and then you strike it and you put it on the middle of the green you know that that i suppose you know both driving and golf is is, a, is my form of meditation in, in 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 a weird way um one forces visualization and one forces um kind of zoning out mm. it shows a strength of mind and for the for, for the sake of the police i do not zone out on in the car uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it completely uh it's just a form of zoning out <laughs> brilliant well, yeah, it sounds like you get you get up to loads, and I, I quite I think that the stuff that you do get up to outside the way are signs that why you're so successful the the way that you the way your mind works. Um, it, it, great to see that the comparison between the two. A little bit about your your background and, and your story, which uh, I I really talk to is um, you say quite a lot that when you were sixteen, the the education education system wasn't quite for you. Uh, what, what what do you mean by that? Why why was that not the case? Um, I feel like it had run its course. Not like I didn't feel like I was, I was too good for it, and I didn't. I, I was good at it. Like I was, I was very academic. So it wasn't like uh, I rebelled against school or um, learning because I wasn't good at it. I was very good at it, but I don't know. I just felt like once you get to sixteen and you've done it every single day of your life, um, there's very few things in your entire life or career that you do for as long as you do um education mm -hmm. uh so um it's it's really important that you know you, you you do what's best for you and 16 you know that was kind of my time where i thought oh, i'm not not so into this anymore um and then when i got into my levels at 17 i started my own business and i was like okay well this is really the thing that i want to do um, I understand the value of A-levels, so I'm going to get through those, but I'm going to do my thing on the side. I'm going to go grow through that. Um, but once I, once I got to a position where I had a successful business, this is the business I had before GOAT, um, I realized that you know once you actually take a step back and look at what university is, it can be used for two different things. 
um, uh, three different things actually, I suppose. It can be used for academic um, jobs. So in order to gain a job long-term um, because you need the qualification in order to get it. So it could be teaching, could be doctors, could be whatever. And mm. if you're going into those professions, go for it. Um, it can be used for self-discovery. You know, some people just don't know what they want to do, don't know what they need to do. And this is a good, t- I, uh, it's not a negative, but a time-wasting effort where you can further yourself and discover what you actually want to do. And maybe you'll find that uh, at university. And the other thing is to, to, to have a social life, right? And I think that's, that's looked upon in this society as quite a negative thing. People are like, oh yeah, it's just a massive piss up. And so it's incredibly valuable. Uh, and the things that I've learned in business over the last seven years is that actually the social aspect, now I don't mean just going out partying and getting pissed, but the social aspect of networking and talking to people and texting and keeping in touch with the person that gave you a chance when you were 19, um, you know, that's incredibly valuable. So the social aspect and learning how to socialize with people that you wouldn't normally socialize with. And I think the beauty of university um, is the fact that it attracts so many different people from around the country and around the world that you actually learn a lot of different things um, from a lot of different types of people. And I think that stands you in fantastic stead going into the business world or going into uh, life in general. So once I realized that I had a business, so I didn't need the uh, job aspirations and I wasn't interested in going into anything that required a qualification. I didn't need the social aspect because I'd already been quite good at that. Mm. Um, and I had, I was never really connected to friends because I'd moved around all my, my childhood, my parents moved around. Um, therefore I moved homes and schools quite a lot. I was never really connected to one set of friends. So I was very good at making new friends and kind of building groups and keeping contact with those groups. Um, and the other one was self-discovery and I, I didn't need that. I, I'd already kind of felt my, found my place in life and what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in media in some way. First of all, I forgot I wanted to be in journalism and now, you know, obviously found myself in advertising. Um, so that was kind of where, where I kind of assessed university and went, okay, this isn't really what I need right now. So what I did, I was very lucky. I had a, a um, God, what do they call it? Not a scholarship, but I got a non-conditional offer to go to uh, the university I really wanted to go to because of the business I'd grown. They really wanted me to go. Um, and I deferred it because I didn't know what my 12 months was going to look like. So I thought, okay, the sensible thing to do is defer the year. And if everything goes tits up, I can go back to university in a year's time. Mm. Um, now, obviously very, very lucky. Everything went very well. Started working for another company when I was 18. We grew that company with my two founders now, um, who you know we worked with together on that company beforehand for, for two years before we left to join uh, to to build Goat, um, and we 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 did a great job. And I look back at some of my friends who went to university, and and I was like, oh, well, I, I made the right decision. But at the same time, they also made the right decision for them. So I don't think there's a right or wrong on university. But if you're looking to go to, if you're fixed and you already know kind of what you want to do, and it's not a requirement to go to university in order to get into that field then don't go to university. It is a waste of time. You know, I, 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 I agree with the, with the point that it has to be to cater towards the, the individual. It's something that I, I talked to when I, when I was re- reading up about, about you and while I've been following you, because I, I think that education does need to be catered towards the individual trying to spot the strengths that they've got and then try and push them in a pathway. And if that means telling them that the education system might not be for you, then be honest and say, you know what, you could probably do without this and, and, and go this way. Um, and I, I, 
thankfully you've had the sort of like the self belief to go, do you know what? Actually, I, I can do that. You are very self-aware of your, your own abilities and, and qualities. And that's made you go in the direction that you've gone. And sort of a big thing on, on my heart and one of my big passions is making sure that young people do actually get that advice of, okay, sure. if you want to go to university or if you want to do this, you might need a degree, so go for it. But if you want to do this, okay, well, there's actually a few other options for you. Now, I, I went to um, university. I went to UCFB uh, based at Wembley and based at the... the yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I studied... We did a lot of work with them in those... Uh... In my first business, we, we kind of built a scheme where um, in conjunction with the UCFB, we hired uh, people for their, not their gap, but their, I suppose it's like their uh, learning years. Is it like their Yeah, well, that, year? that, fit, that fit in because it was, um, Fresh Press was about football journalism, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah so that fit right into to, to UCFB. And I think what UCF, the reason why I'm a big fan of UCFB is because they don't hide any and they say, look, you... For, for jobs in sports industry, right, you, you're probably going to need this piece of paper that says this, but you're also going to yeah. need the, the contacts, the, the career experience and all this. And that's why they're growing leaps and bounds because they're, they're showing people that to get into no, the I think that I think they do a good job. Yeah, I think exactly. Good job. And I think oh, that, that's why I took to it. And that was in, individual for me. It was great. I ended, they ended up helping me start my own business. So... It's it's every everyone's got to take this individual approach and try and guide and we've got to try and do our best to guide people to what they're going to do in the future, looking at what they're capable of themselves. Um, and look, you've you've done it and um, you're you're achieving loads. So you've gone through this big journey of of starting businesses. Um, you're quite clearly got a, a very creative mind. And um, for people out there who maybe feel that they've got a creative spark or want to start their own business, what advice would you give them? Okay. I think, I think the worst piece of advice people give in the business world is just do it or start, start your business now. Mm. Um, or, or anyone can do it. You know, like I honestly believe that not everyone should start their own business. Um, I believe that it takes the right sort of person in order to do it. Um, I can't tell you how much stress it takes to run your own business at a decent scale. Mm. Um, once you're responsible, once you're responsible for other people, um, you know, that's, that's tough. That's tough on you mentally. If you can't handle that, then you shouldn't do it. Mm. Um, and you know, we can't, not everyone in the population can be a business owner that that doesn't work. We need people who employ other people. We need people that work for other people. That's just how, this society operates so it's and it also shouldn't be looked down on um and uh you know seen as a negative to not own your business i think maybe entrepreneurship and business uh ownership has been uh over glamorized in the last few years Uh, yeah to the point where it becomes like that's the thing you have to do it's kind of like the pinnacle like you either that you either work for someone or you own your own business. I think that's actually probably a negative thing for society. Um, it shouldn't be seen like that. Uh, and it's just horses for courses. So I think if you're, if you've got a creative spark, but you don't know what to do in order to start your business, don't start a business. Mm. Um, you'll know that's the advice. You'll know if it's, if it's you, 
Um, if you're forcing it because you're, you just think you're the right, forget it. Like mm. it's either you're, it's, it's the wrong time and yeah. you need a bit more experience and you need to bit understand, or it's just not for you, but mm. it can be both of those. It could be either of those things, right? It could just be, you are the right person, but this isn't the right time. Mm. I'm so glad that I went to go and work for someone else for two years when I was 18 to 20 to develop those inter office skills, those um, budgeting skills, the, the things that I understood and also learned from mistakes from other people learn, watch other people lead and do it badly. Watch other people do uh, make decisions badly mm. and it not be necessarily all my problem. Um, and I'd run a business before that. Right. So I went from business owner to employee to business owner mm. and that employee element of it, so valuable uh, in order to grow this business as high uh, and as fast as we as we have um, because that extra bit of life experience has helped so if you're a young person that's kind of stressed because you really want to run your own business or you believe that you should be running your own business um, and you're seeing that as a pinnacle of success but don't have the idea yet don't worry about it like mm. there's there's so much time and um, there's also you know people are starting businesses when they're 50 60 yeah. Um, you're, you're 20, you're 25, whatever you are, like don't plot your own, your own success on someone else's life. Like, uh, don't look at someone like Ben Francis, who's 26 and runs Gymshark. Don't look at, you know, all these different people who've done a fantastic job when they're young. It doesn't really matter. Um, you know, go and learn, go and do things, go and get stuck in. There's so much you can you can do right now uh, in order to, to, to further yourself, uh, to be in a position that when you do start your own business, if you do believe that's the right thing to do, um, that you're in a much, much better place. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's so right. You know, uh, the shit, obviously, especially in the world of social media, people can be made to believe that, you know, I have to achieve this success by, by this age. But, you know, for every story of, a, of a, somebody who's been who's achieved success at a young age. There's another amazing story for somebody who's worked really hard for 15 years and, and then hit success. You know, the, yeah. it's a, patience is a, is a huge part of it and, and developing yourself over, over that time period. When the time comes, you'll know and, it, and it'll click. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big believer of that. You know, I, I've always said that if, if you do want to run your own business, you've got, you've got to have an idea. But the time, and as you said, um, it's, it's so important. You've got to not just be ready for in terms of are people going to engage with the business there and then, but it's also about yourself. Are you ready to, to run a business? You know, you said that two years experience of working for someone as an employee has helped you leaps and bounds. I, I did the same. I left UCF being funny enough. They employed me <laughs> straight after, after, um, uh, after I finished my degree. And that work for, for a year and a half there, taught me so much and I wouldn't Agreed. be able to do the job that I'm doing now without it. Yeah. Sometimes I think maybe I could do with more experience in, in, in that side of things. Um, yeah. But you can never have too much, right? You can never have, never have too much experience. You know, I, I, if I went back into a, into a workplace right now, if I went into my own workplace and worked in the trenches right now, mm. I'd learn so much more than well, so many different things that I learn every day doing the current job. But I think, you know, same goes for anybody who swaps seats with me. They just learn different things. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting times. We're in a position in society, in the world, where anyone can start their own business doing anything. 
Mm. Um, and uh, that's really, really exciting. Yeah. Let's, let's flip it on its head then. We, we spoke about advice for people who might be wanting to get into the world of entrepreneurship and business. What about people already in it? What, what are some of the hardest things that, that you came across? Is there anything um, that you can provide as a, as a help and support for people who are, who are running a business now? Sure. Anybody who, who's running a business of less than 10 people have very, very different problems to anyone who's running a business over 10 people. To under 10 people, your problems are winning the business and keeping your business going. Mm. Anybody over 10 people, all of the problems, all of them are to do with staff, all of them. Um, and that's just, that's just how it goes. So don't ever believe it gets easier, <laughs> ever. Because don't believe that, oh yeah, we'll, we'll hire these five people who do that job for me and take that. Forget it, like, that's going to make it harder. <laughs> now you should do it because you need it to grow your business, but don't think that it's going to get easier along the ride. It gets harder and the higher and higher and higher and the more and more and more and more people you employ, the harder, the harder it gets. Um, so yeah, I, I honestly believe that I think the best advice is um, one hire people that do things better than you do them um, mm. and trust those people and delegate. But at the same time, don't believe that by hiring people, is the sol solution to uh, an easy life because yeah. it's not. Uh, yeah, I don't think they can. But there's no such thing as an easy life in entrepreneurship, really, is there? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I think some people go into it thinking that they can make decisions that makes their life easier. And um, yeah, it might make your life easier for that one segment. But trust me, there's four other segments that's going to make your life a hell of a lot harder for. Yeah, well, that's it. The beauty of being uh, your own boss, well, then you've also got to cater and look after everybody else <laughs> so, exactly yeah it's definitely exactly yeah. There's so much glamour around it and if you strip it right back it's hard graft and and grind you know and um, i mean that's not to put anybody off i love running my own business I, i'm sure you do as well i love it i love the challenge i love building things i love being able to to be creative and and, and put my ideas out there and help try and provide value to to somebody else but if you, if you come and, and, and live my life alongside me, you'll see times when I'm stressed. You'll see times when I'm like, what, what on earth is going to happen next? What, what am I going to do about this, this situation? And that's all sure. part of the parcel. Yeah, some, some great advice from you there, Harry, for, for people running the business. You know, you've, you've achieved so much already. And you've, as you said, I mean, patience is key and, we, and you've still got a lot of time. What is next for, for Harry Hugo and, and Goat? What, what, what do you uh, aim to achieve? Oh, I'd quite like to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, what's next for me? I don't know, mate. I think it's very difficult to tell. Like, if you if you told me I was be, I'd be in the position I'm in now, um, you know, in a, a short five years ago, I, I wouldn't have believed you. Mm. I think that's quite a cliche answer, but like, I think as uh, the world's developing so fast, and we're in a situation right now where the world's developing faster than we've ever seen before, um, not because of technology, but because of a, a, a global pandemic. Mm. Um, so I think it's impossible to say what I want to do is grow a business I'm proud of um, and more importantly and, and kind of the thing that means the most to, to us as founders is grow people who make a difference in, in the world mm. uh, and, and build great people as uh, and great human beings as well as great employees and our, the thing that we, we heart back to quite a lot is that when we first joined Sport Lobster um, 
we realized that everyone who's running the sports industry in Europe, basically, mm. and, and America, um, worked at uh, worked at IMG in the nineties. Everyone, mm. everyone worked at IMG in the nineties. That's like that's like the baseline CV. And um, I just want in twenty years time, uh, everyone who's the top dog in marketing around the world to to have worked at goat 2020 mm. um that's 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 success for us yeah if we can gr- breed great people great human beings great operators amazing careers you know relationships mm. build friendships for life that's what we want to do the byproduct of that is a great business mm. because everyone works together everyone's doing something for a common goal everyone's understanding of what we're trying to achieve everyone's putting together for one thing that's inevitable success but it's much harder to build long-lasting relationships it's much harder to build great people as well as have success um success breeds a lot of negative people build breeds a lot of aggression builds a lot of uh animosity and jealousy and what we want to do is create amazing human beings and off the back of that build a great business for um and to create a legacy yeah i think that, that's really inspiring and it really really hits home but my my organization called equip and, and we aim to equip people to to lead a more successful and enjoyable life and as i said we were speaking about pathways and, and, and all, all that type of stuff you know if you if you develop the people and you work on the people and you care for the people the business will naturally take care of itself you know it will all fall fall into place that's not saying that obviously there's roles someone has to be a guide people underneath have to understand that their roles but together if it is that community that you look to create where it's like relationships friendships pushing to towards a a goal that you want to achieve together then that is where success lies you know and i think you've got that absolutely spot on and now I'm, I'm mega inspired to hear that from somebody who's creating the a multi-million pound organization to say, well, actually, do you know what? It's not all about that. It's about this, the people. That's, that's amazing. In Liverpool, we'd say that's boss. Yeah, that's boss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, Harry, uh, like myself, uh, I'm sure people listening um, want to follow your story and see what you get up to and, and what GOAT ends up achieving in the future. Uh, where where can we find you, yourself and, and the Ghost Agency on on social media platforms, websites? Yeah, best thing to uh, to do is either follow us on YouTube, the Goat Agency, or follow us on LinkedIn. Um, probably best to follow me, uh, Harry Hugo. Um, we create a daily video every single day, following the lives of of us as we run the agency around the world, um, as well as those of other content. So um, we not only create content for brands, we create content for ourselves. Um, we practice what we preach. We we walk and we talk um, and yeah, that's it really. We, we're, we're very thankful for everyone who wants to listen to our story and follow us along the journey, but you know, we're already just starting and there's pain more to come. Brilliant stuff. Well, Harry, I've, I've loved listening to, to your story. Um, I, I think you're going to achieve a hell of a lot more than you have already. Uh, and I wish you all, all the best success in the world. And thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Thank you very much for, for giving me your time. Appreciate it. No problem at all.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. Remember, make sure you check out at Equip Group or at Liam Kiss on social media. If you'd like to watch this interview, then head over to our YouTube channel at Equip Group. And remember, if you like our vibe, click subscribe. See you next time for more Biz with Kiss.